0: Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the Senior Pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. So we're starting a brand new series this week, and it's a great series because it's kind of what we've been talking about for the last two weeks. If you've been leaning in and listening to what we've been talking about, we really want to get you and us and the church to lean into this. So our new series is called We Are the Church. Simple? Yes. We're the church. Turn to your neighbor and say, "We're we're the church. We are the church, right? And as you've noticed, you might have noticed, hopefully you did, the last couple of weeks we've been... If you've been paying attention, we've been talking about this, and Vision Sunday was really a snippet of this whole series. And this morning and this series helps us to lean in a little bit further into what God has envisioned, not just for us individually, but for His church, right? We are part of a broader entity and the church is not an organization, it's not a thing you do, it's more than that because it has life and Jesus Christ empowers His church because He said, the gates of hell cannot destroy my church, right? Because He is founded on Himself and as long as He exists, which is eternity, the church will as well. And a church has to have at its core the values of Jesus because it's sprung out of who Jesus is, Right? That's who Jesus called us to be. He called us to be the church. And yes, across the world, there might be various expressions of what the church is and how the church functions and what it continues to encompass and things like that. But you'll hear me say this so many times, and especially as you talked about in Bridge, we talk about this all the time. Jesus did not teach for emotional response, but for life transformation, right? Right? And so this morning, the title I have for you is Fully Devoted. Fully Devoted, right? And I want to reiterate that Jesus didn't just come to be a good person. Jesus didn't arrive just because he wanted to tell us who the Father was. All of that is part of who he is, but he came to change the fabric of the world, And that fabric was torn previously because of the things that happened in the world. And if you're a Christ follower, maybe you've investigated and seen what happened in the beginning. But right now, sometimes we disconnect from the mission of Jesus and the call of Jesus because we are encapsulated by being in a place which is completely different to what Jesus envisioned the church to be. And if the church, as I said before, if the church is to function in life transformation, if the church is to function in its designed purpose that Jesus came to formulate, it's our life, a life that's been transformed, that's aligned with Jesus, that truly impacts this culture. Because we can impact something if there's no transformation within us. You can only impact something with transformation because there's a change that's occurred. And to be honest, let's be honest with each other this morning and have an honest discussion. This culture that we live in does not have the best view of church, right? They don't look at church in a positive way. They don't see the church the way we might see the church. Or we might have in, the, in a past life, before we came to know who Jesus was, viewed the church in a similar way, not in the most positive light. You know, one of my pet peeves in in this world is probably when I watch TVs, a TV show or a movie or something like that, and they start bringing up the church and they actually misrepresent the church, that really annoys me, it really bothers me. And further that, sometimes they even put in scriptures that are actually not in the Bible at all. They just make it up based on the plot of their movie, and they just quote some random verses, and when you actually go look it up, and I made a point to do that, like every time in any movie, just not even a Christian movie, just a regular movie, they have a plot about some prophecy, they'll just throw in something with some random numbers, and you go look it up, it doesn't exist. The problem with that, however, is that most people don't know that's not in the Scripture. Most people think that's what it says. Because they don't have an understanding of what church is. And so media gets to inform who we are. Yeah. right? Media gets to tell the world that this is how we think. And this is how we act. And this is who we are. And unfortunately, most Christians don't know any different either. Yeah. Sure. Because maybe they haven't read what the scripture actually says. And so they go along with this misrepresentation of the church because the view of church in our culture doesn't have a positive inkling. Now, to be honest as well, I said we're going to be honest this morning. There are organizations and there have been people that have actually misrepresented the church, claiming to be the voice of God, wow. claiming to be people of God. Yeah. And they've also contributed to the misrepresentation of the church because they've taken things and people and damaged them in significant way, emotionally, sexually, different ways. And the church has been labeled with that because this is who the church is. But that is not the church that Jesus envisioned. And they have misrepresented who Jesus was and Jesus is and Jesus should be. And the world views us Because all of us are part of the church, as this is who it is. So, what do we do about this? What do you and I do about this? Do we just say, well, that's just them? Can't do anything about it? But the reality is, we have been put in this position. It's landed with us. Because here's the thought, and here's the reality. We jointly together, we are the church, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, you are the church. You are the church. And if this culture around us is to see us any different, it's not dependent upon those people out there somewhere in the ether. It's dependent upon you and me. If culture is supposed to see us differently, we jointly together have to change the perspective of culture. We have to be the church. We have to live and do and act the way Jesus originally intended us to be. We have to go back to the blueprint of what Christ called us to be. We have to realign ourselves with what Jesus called us to be. Because sometimes we've shifted so far from its original purpose, we're actually off course. I remember myself, I grew up in an Anglican household. And literally had no relationship with Jesus. But if you asked me before then, like, what are you? I would say I'm a Christian. But I had no knowledge of who Jesus was. I had no relationship with him. But I would identify myself as a Christian. And my church life consisted of going to church twice a year (laughs) under compulsion. And then not enjoying it at all but if you ask me, I'm a Christian, but I had no knowledge of who Jesus was. My good intentions were if I went to church, then somehow that makes me, even if it's once a year or twice a year, that makes me a Christian. Because to me, church was boring. I disconnected. It didn't really, it was not part of my life. I did what I wanted to do. I lived the way I wanted to live. And church and God were never part of my life. But when I became a Christ follower and started to read about Jesus, then my life changed. That's when I had true transformation. Because the reality is there's nothing boring about Jesus. He is the most fascinating character in all of history. Because history is divided on Jesus. Our calendar, B.C. because of Jesus. History has never had an individual that has impacted the world in just a significant way as Jesus Christ. Whether you acknowledge that He is God, whether you acknowledge that He is Savior or not, the world understands there is a character named Christ that is significant. And billions of people across this world have decided to follow Him. Which speaks even more to Jesus' impact because Jesus never traveled longer than 30 kilometers from where he was born. But yet, his reach today goes around the world. So there's something important about what Jesus said, what Jesus did, what he came to do. And as Christ followers who declare that he is the one that we follow, we need to understand what we are called to do in his church. Jesus... Love those who hated him. Bless those who persecuted him. Welcome those that religion rejected and said, come be part of my tribe. Come be part of my group. Come be part of what I'm doing in this new movement in the world. For the last few weeks we have examined some of the aspects of the church. And when you think about church, In your mind right now what comes to mind is it a place is it a thing is it something you attend is it something you go to is it an atmosphere is it a location is it the language we use when we get up on sunday we say i'm going to church because all of that contributes to our perspective of the church because here's the thing we don't go to church we are the church And if you think about attending, that means I'm going to a location and therefore after that location's done, I can go be me. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, you are the church. We gather together not because we become the church, we're already the church. We gather together because God told us, and we gather together, we encourage one another, we uplift one another, we help one another. That's why we gather. We also gather to worship God, right? But we don't become the church when we come here on Sunday morning. We're already the church. In your home, at your work, wherever you go, the church is you because Jesus lives in you, especially a one that's been transformed that's who the church is. And you see, originally, the church was not a place. It was a movement. It was a mobile movement orchestrated by Christ. And this mobile movement had no physical location. And as I talked about a few weeks ago, as these early first century Christ followers gathered, they gathered in homes and places like that, but there was no physical location that they got up to and said, on this day, on this hour, that's where we're going, like we do now. They never did that, because you see, it was mobile. The church was, uh, had the ability to go where and whenever it was necessary to be. People didn't go to church. They were the church. And over the years, the church, if you know anything about the history of the church, the church moved from a movement to a place. And as soon as that happened, when that happened, we moved from being part of it to going to it. As soon as the church took a physical location... Our mindsets and our ways of thinking change to say, I'm no longer part of it, I go to it. And going to it has some repercussions that says, if I can go to it, then when I leave, I'm not in it. Therefore, I don't have to be it. We touched on a scripture at the Genesis of the church about two weeks ago, as Luke who documents this, is writing to his rich friend Theophilus, and he begins to investigate the origins of the church, and he documents in the book of Acts what happened, all right? And so he writes this most significant thing that we read a couple of weeks ago that I'm going to read again today because I think we need to lean in a little bit further into what Luke is actually telling us because we can gain valuable insight and we can actually compare where we are compared to what it started. And this is what Luke says. These early Christ followers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone, say everyone. Everyone that was part of this movement was filled with awe as the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers, say all the believers, All this had its Genesis on the day of Pentecost. It was a day that the Holy Spirit dwelt among his people. And on that day, Peter stood up and preached the first sermon in the church. Even though Jesus gave birth to it, Peter was the first person to preach the sermon. And he preached, and on day number one, 3,000 men joined the church. And they counted men that day, so there were other people as well, women. Unfortunately, they didn't count the women, but they counted the men. So there was about, say, 3,000 men. Maybe they had their wives with them and their kids as well. So it could be upwards to 15,000 or up to 10,000 people that the church, day one. That's a mega church right there. Yeah. Explosion right there. Day one of the church started with 3,000 people now you and I have to ask ourselves a question why don't we see the same thing today why don't we see that was it just something special then if we look into our church today and into not just our church but the church the body of Christ especially in our culture this scripture that I just read is not very reflected in our lives is it Here's a few points. He says, They were filled with awe and many signs and wonders were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and gave it all. They continued together to meet all the time. They broke bread in homes together and they had glad and sincere hearts. They praised God and had favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily. Do you see that in our life? Do you see that in the modern church? Do you see that? happening around us? You don't see that. So I have a a new version that culture has written for you that I'm going to read to you. Right? So listen to this. This is our modern culture. And it's the same paraphrasing of that verse. This is what it says. Speaking about Christ's followers, they were devoted to their comfort, happiness, and personal goals. Dreams and bucket lists. No one really noticed the Christians because they focused on themselves. Very few of the believers were together, and when they were, they fought about stupid things. If they sold anything, they used the money to buy something better for themselves. They claimed to love God, but they didn't even love each other. So they felt empty, alone, depressed. As a result, many people disliked them, and very few lives were changed. That's the modern culture version. (laughs) Sounds great, right? How inspiring is that? But let me ask you a question again. Where do we live? In the scripture, on Acts 2, or in this version right here. And if we are to be honest, if we are to examine ourselves, if we are to really be transparent with ourselves, this is where we live. This is what we do. And this is so far removed from what Christ called us to be. We are not, in fact, the church. So the question for us this morning is for you and me and I hope it's the same how do we realign ourselves with what the church was meant to be how do we in our culture that is being pulling us in different directions you have social media you have jobs you have family you have things to go to and birthday parties to do and houses to clean and all this other stuff how do we reorient ourselves towards Jesus' plan for His church. Obviously, God has something better for His church and for you and me. Don't you agree? There has to be something better than just being lonely and depressed and being disconnected because we've reduced God's plan to our desire. These early Christ followers They had something that allowed success to come into their lives because, here's important, they were intensely devoted to church. They were devoted to church. In what, you might say? Well, here's what Luke says. He says, they were devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, teaching, and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. That's what they did. They devoted themselves. And I love the word devoted because it's one of the most important words in the New Testament. It comes from a Greek word called proskarterio. Proskaterio is a word that means love in constant, relentless pursuit. That's what that word means. Proskaterio. Constant pursuit persistent, ongoing, obstinate devotion. Does that fit into our vocabulary this morning? Does that fit into our outlook to be passionate, to be constant, to be relentless, to be focused, to be persistent, to be ongoing, obstinate? Or is it just something we go to on Sunday morning? You see how it's shifted, right? Because when we go to a place, We just attend. But when we are the church, that's who you are 24-7. You don't have to think about it because that's who you are. You don't go to a place. You don't go to church. You are the church. When our devotion to Christ becomes a priority, our impact in our world will also follow. How were they devoted? How were they pros carotereo? Well, the scripture says they had four things, right? Four things. They were devoted to being taught. They were devoted to connection. They were devoted to community. And they were devoted to prayer. Those four things were what was the priority of their life. To be in fellowship, to be in community, to be connected, to talk to the Lord, and to be taught in the ways of God some of us we choose our schedule based on what we want to do and even though we have the privilege of coming and hearing from scriptures and the word of god every sunday some of us choose other priorities we're not here every week but they continued why because they knew that the direction of their lives will be determined by what they focus on the direction of your life Will be determined by what you give focus to. It's true. Everyone knows this. We know this. We understand this. We've learned this. What we learned or what we've leaned into will help shape our life. You are the result of what you give yourself to. You are the result of what you give yourself to, right? If you want to be smarter, You go, I'm going to go lean into reading some books. I'm going to focus on getting an education. And after you do that for a period of time, you are smarter because you have more knowledge, right? If you want to get fitter, you go, I'm going to focus in. I'm going to lean in on going to the gym and dedicating myself to getting my body in shape. You focus on that, you get fitter. You want to be able to have an influence in society, especially the modern day, like I'm gonna get so many followers on TikTok or Instagram so I can influence people. You wanna start a business? Well, you sit down and you talk to business entrepreneurs, you read books on business, You maybe watch some videos, you read some books, you lean into it, you focus on it, and then you're successful. We understand this, we do it all the time. So whatever you focus on, you will become. So these early Jesus followers, they chose to focus on what Jesus called them to do because they leaned into what Jesus wanted them to do continually, not just sporadically, not just on moments, not just on certain days of the week, but over the course of their life, over and over. Because of who Jesus was to them personally, these followers were intensely devoted to the church that Jesus created. And then they were an irrationally generous church. We also have to be an irrationally generous church because you read what it says. They sold possessions and they gave it to everyone in need. Right? Here's what Luke says again. And God's grace was so powerful at work in them all that that there were no needy persons among them. God has set up his church to succeed, provided his people follow his plan. I know it's real quiet in here. These early Christ followers, they were so in love with Jesus that they wanted to just give everything for him. They sold their houses, they sold their properties, they brought it to the church, they gave it to them. So everyone had no needs. That's what Luke says. See, God is not asking you today to go sell your house and give it to the church. That's not what he's asking you to do. They did it because they were rationally generous. They gave above and beyond what God asked them to do. But what God does ask us to be generous. Because that's who he is. He's a generous God. And when we give, we think we're giving to God. But we're just returning to him what he has already given us. When we get into this mindset of, it's mine, we run off course. It's my bank account. It's my paycheck. It's my salary. It's my finances. It's my income. And that leads us into a scarcity mindset that says, if I give something that belongs to me to someone else, then I won't have enough for me. And what it actually says to God is that, I don't trust you. I don't think that you're able to take care of all of my needs because I have to. I don't think you're sufficient enough. Being of a scarcity mindset, that's not generous living. That stunts your growth in God. It determines that you are going to focus on you. And you as an individual become self-centered and selfish. Because it's not about anyone else now, it's just about you because it's for me. And most importantly, most importantly, you don't reflect who Jesus is, yet you call yourself a follower of Christ. And this is where the world sees us. We're not generous. Jesus came to be generous with his time, generous with his love, generous with his attention, generous with his giving and ultimately generous with his life because he gave it all for you and me he displayed generosity over and over again and as professed Christ followers we struggle not just to give but to return to God what he gave us because it's now mine because it's about me when we give generously We're saying to God, this money, this paycheck, does not take care of my needs. It doesn't take care of my family needs. It doesn't take care of my life. You do. You are the supplier of my needs. You take care of all of my needs. Not this, but you do. And when we shift focus from this to this, we're not living in a generous state of of living. We're actually saying, God, you're insufficient because this is what I need for my life. So when we give our tithes, and if you don't know what a tithe is, a tithe is 10%, 10% of what God gives you, or your income. You're supposed to give it to Him. That's what He says. If you get mad at me, t- take it up with Him. Right? And maybe you're, you're thinking, this is that 10%, that's too big of a number. Start with 2%. Practice it. And the more you practice it, your heart begins to expand, and you become more like Christ. Because it's hard for us. Let me tell you my experience. When someone told me that, I'm like, heck no. (laughs) How am I supposed to do that? I'm barely surviving. But what I learned through the act of generosity is that the more I give, the more God blesses me. And there's times in my life, and this is a testimony for you and for me, when I didn't give, I ran out. But when I gave, I had enough. I don't know how that works mathematically, but it works. Because you see, there's a spirit the holy spirit at work in our life and when we follow god's plan we actually align ourselves with it when we partner with him in serving his church when we are generous with what is on his heart god gives us what's on our heart so so often the church has to look outside to meet its needs go outside and we have to do fundraising and this and that and let's sell this and that to do this. But if every single person followed God's plan, if everyone was generous in the way God asked them to be generous, we won't have any needs. We'll be able to do everything. We'd have air conditioning. We'd have all this stuff because all of us are devoted to what God called us to do. We had something in common. That's what the scripture says. If everyone here was just simply generous and followed his instructions, there would be no lack. When the church prospers, we prosper. Because remember, we are the church. Because the church is not a place we attend. It's who we are. This is what we need to do. We are the church. We don't just attend church. We will lead the way with irrational generosity. Because we truly believe it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's what we truly believe. It's to the core of our DNA. It's what God brought to us because we epitomize Jesus. Because Jesus came to give and not take. So like this first century Jesus follows, we will be intensely devoted to church, we'll be a rationally generous church, and we will be unapologetic to share the love of Jesus with compassion. We have to share Christ with compassion. We will not need to apologize for who we are. We don't need to make it an excuse. We're like, you know, I don't want to talk about this because, you know, people, I might be embarrassed. People might think about me in a different way. No, we are Christ followers. Christ gave it all for us. The least we could do is stand up and say, I follow Christ. I believe he is my savior. And not be apologetic for it. Because you're not doing anything wrong. You have the greatest gift that God has given salvation through Christ. See, in Acts, these believers, these pro the devoted ones, they were not hesitant to talk about who they loved the most. They didn't beat people over the head with it. But when they gathered in their groups, when they demonstrated to the neighbors, when they, people saw signs and wonders that were happening, people were attracted to them because they were enthusiastic about what God was doing in their life. How enthusiastic are we about what God is doing in our life? How excited are we when we go somewhere and we say, you know, I went to church today. I had an amazing time. I heard this encouraging message. I met some great people. Why don't you come along and see what's happening? Are we enthusiastic? Are we devoted? Luke observes, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord added because they shared stories about their lives, about what God was doing in the midst of them. Are we excited? Transformers, we should be proud of what God is doing in the midst of us right here. We should be thrilled. There's so many amazing stories that happen all the time. If you don't believe it, sit down in the cafe, ask someone, hey, why did you come to Transform? What attracted you to be here? What's so interesting about you? Why did you decide to come? And they'll tell you an amazing story of why they came. Stories all over this place every week. we're not devoted in the same way to telling people inviting people we should be telling everyone our friends and neighbors you have a friend circle that you have influence with you have friends that you talk to how many of them know where you go on Sunday is it a secret when you see a church post something on Facebook or Instagram you don't share it because you don't want anyone to know where you go You don't want to expose because they might look at you in a different way now because you know you have to keep up with a certain image. And you don't want to let anyone know what you do on Sunday between 10 and 12. Blackout. Other times you're on Facebook 24-7. But you don't want anyone to know what you do on a Sunday. You don't want anyone to share what's happening, what God's doing in your life. But that's what they did because this place God's church is for everyone we don't get to pick and choose who comes in we get to tell everyone and they get to choose whether they come or not you don't get to choose for them because when you don't tell someone you actually saying I think this person is more worthy to come than this person that person he's horrible I don't want to talk to him yes we're friends we hang out but the worst (laughs) I'm not telling him I'm gonna tell this person right here no we don't get to choose who God touches we don't attend church we are the church so whether you're in the gym whether you're at the shopping center, whether it's your home, whether you're with the soccer kids, whatever it is, you're the church. You are the church. And you need to be what Jesus called us to be. So as transformers, this is what we have decided to do. We will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ. We will do anything short of sin to tell people and touch people's lives. And sometimes it might be not according to certain tradition. It might be not what the church did back in the day. But we are not trying to be traditional. We are trying to be transformers. We are trying to reach people for Christ and let them know there's a God who loves them regardless of who they are, what they did, what their lifestyle is, that there's a God that loves them. To reach people no one is reaching, we have to do things no one is doing. So transformers, let's move forward from casual observers to fully devoted followers of Christ. Because that's what grew the church. That's what made Jesus' church vital, attractive, essential. That's what the church is. Not something you attend It's something you are. And so we are faith-filled, big-thinking, generous-living, devoted Jesus followers. That's who we should be. That's who we should be 24-7. We'll never insult God with small-thinking or safe-living because that diminishes who He is. So I invite you to be part of God's church. Not a church church but God's church. And sometimes in this kind of church, it's a glorious mess. There's messy stuff, right? Because if everyone's welcome, they're going to bring their mess. But that's okay, because God's great at taking mess and making a miracle. Change the object of your devotion. What is one thing you can do to shift your life closer towards Jesus? What is one thing you can do? When you begin to read God's scripture, you are becoming the church because God's words will change your life and will change your perspective. When you serve in church, you're being the church because serving is addictive and you get to serve with other amazing Christ followers. When you join a life group, you're becoming the church because you're reaching out like Jesus did to talk to someone, to hear someone's story, to visit the sick, to support someone, to encourage someone. When you start tithing, you're being the church because your heart follows what you give to. When you pray daily, you're being the church because you'll see God do miracles, not just in your life, in your world, but in the world around you as well. So when we fall in love with the work of God in the church, we are truly becoming the church. And this is so important for you to understand. We are not spiritual consumers. We're not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. We contribute. We don't consume. We don't come to get from God. We come so God can pour out through us. Because we are the church. The church doesn't exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. Let me repeat that so you get it. The church doesn't exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. Church is not a place you go to. It's who you are. So what can we do together to be God's church? As believers together, they had no needs because all the needs were met. They lived around local community. They lived around fellowship. They lived around connection. They lived around speaking to God. So let's honor God with our life and our devotion. Let's make that a priority. Let's make that our paracultural, our devotion, our persistent, our ongoing perspective. Let's be the church and not just attend the church. Lean into God's plan for this community, this church, this place. Let's be devoted to His church and his plans for our life because all of us fit into god's glorious plan for his church so let's be the church turn to your neighbor and say be the church turn to someone behind you and say be the church tell it with conviction say it like you believe it be the church i have two questions for you and then we're done how can you shift yourself from attending to being the church how can you shift yourself from just attending church, like I'm going to church, it's Sunday, I have to be at church, to being the church? What is your focus? Yes, you have jobs. We all have jobs. We all have a living to earn. We all have things to do, places to go, friends to catch up with, Facebook posts to post, Instagram pictures to upload. We all have all the stuff to do. But what's our focus what's our priority what's the one thing in our life that feeds us that pours into us that nourishes us it's only him it's only Christ so let's focus on him and you can do that on your job when you have a conversation with him when you're running to get your lunch. You can do that with him when you're sitting in the toilet. Rather than scrolling on Instagram, take a few minutes, have a conversation. You can do that when you attend a life group and pour out of yourself into someone else that might be doing it worse than you are. You can do that when you choose to fellowship and come and be part. You do that when you serve and you give yourself a few hours a month To be an example of what Jesus gives. You do that when you give generously to what God is doing in this community, in this church. And you say, I'm giving to you because I honor you. And you are the one that supplies all my needs. Not this paycheck. We do that when we become the church. And not attend church. So what is your source of encouragement? Who is your source of encouragement? So how can you shift yourself from attending to being the church? Number two, who can you invite to church next week? They were generous in their thinking, living, and expression. Because they said, there's something amazing happening here. I want you to come along and experience it. Are you happy when you come here? Are you encouraged when you come here? Are you taught when you come here? Is your life somehow changing when you come here? Well, why do you want to be selfish about it? spread it around tell everyone so they might come and experience what's happening here because I'm amazed at what God is doing in the midst of us I hope you are too you're really quiet are you I'm amazed what God is doing the stories are here all the time I'm amazed at what God is doing and I want to keep that to myself so who can you invite who can you tell who can you encourage who can you say hey come you know, the woman at the well, sometimes I don't want, we don't want to talk about too many things. And there's a woman at the well that Jesus encountered, right? They had a conversation. And Jesus talked to her about her life. And then she ran to her village and she said, Come see a man. Come see who he is. He's told me everything about my life. And I've been changed because of him. So come, come, come see him. In fact, the whole village came and they all came to follow Christ because one woman invited the whole village. And she was not a perfect woman, she'd messed up, she'd slept around, she'd done horrible things. But Christ said, Come, be part of who I am, come, be part of my tribe. And she was so excited about that. She was so loved and accepted. She said, I'm going to tell everyone, come see a man. Come. That should be our perspective. That's what these early Christ followers were. They were devoted to telling everyone, come see a man. Because Jesus changed our lives. He changed my life. And if you're a Christ follower, he changed your life. That's not something to be ashamed about. That is something that should be shouted from the rooftops. Christ is the center of his church. The center of my life. The center of our lives. He makes a difference. When we come to follow him, we must follow who he asks us to be. Because that's when we become his true expression who he is to a world that does not acknowledge us hates us thinks negative about us they can only change when they encounter his followers and that's you we are the church amen let's stand hello again and thank you so much for listening i really hope that message has encouraged you Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.